Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. DC fans, check out the latest live-action series, Titans, which is available now on the DC Universe. New episodes are streaming every Friday. It's the first original series to launch on the DC Universe, and Titans follows a young group of superheroes. It's Robin, Starfire, Raven, Beast Boy, and others. It's a gritty take on the Teen Titans franchise. Join the Ultimate DC membership. More info at DCUniverse.com. The Boba Fett movie. Well, that's gone. And you got Grievous. What's he doing? He's running around in a video game somewhere. And questions from you guys. That's what this episode's really going to be about. We can't wait to talk to you. It's about to happen. It's Jedi Council time, and we are back talking Star Wars. It's fun talking Star Wars. That's what we're doing. And joining me on the council today, I want to start with Fifo Diaz herself. Hello. Hello. Five, how are you? It's, you know, it's really great to be back here day after Halloween. Um, I I, did you go out last night? I didn't. I actually did two shows last night over at Hyper RPG. We had this big fundraising drive. So, yeah, it was really fun. I did two spooky, spooky shows. Dress up? Yeah, um, I dressed as uh, I, I dressed as the characters that I was playing in these shows. So one of them uh, is a Call of Cthulhu game that Joe Starr is running right now, and it's sort of Penny Dreadful esque. So my characters yeah. actually have vampire. Uh, and then after that, we did a Clue thing, and I was Mrs. White, but I dressed like Madeline Kahn. But two costume changes. Yeah, I had costume changes. Uh, there yeah, there you go. Yep. Two. I, like that. I like that Joe Starr. He's a good dude. What do you got, Tim? <clears throat> what did you do last night? First of all, you got the teases right, and that's great. And Thank I lost you. a dollar. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I, you know what? I, I haven't dressed up since about 2009 so oh. i stay inside turn the lights off and yeah. eat candy corn or no, cries. no 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 oh. me me and the lady friend watched uh, the finale to the haunting of hill house oh and uh, which is great inter- like i've i've not seen the first nine episodes oh, so i had a, you saw the finale she loved the I show see. so you just so figured you're really, right there he was like i'll watch the finale it, i'm never gonna watch the rest of yes these interesting experience of who is that guy right why is that ghost here? And you get the shot. This is why you should have been watching this. This is what happens any time. Oh, you were there. No, my <laughs> wife watches This Is Us, and I wind up doing that. Like I'm like, I'm like, who is that person? She's like, you should be watching the series. I did that, I too. Like, why is everyone crying? Right. Who is that person? Why do they, are they related? Is this the past? What's happening? But I am here. I am here. Good. Well, it's nice to have you. Thank and you. it's nice to have you guys as we are in the day after Halloween is November 1st. Congratulations to everybody for... Make it a past Halloween. And now it is time to get to Star Wars movie news. Everything in the world of Star Wars that's happening in the movies, and we're going to talk about it. There's not a lot of stuff going on, to be completely honest. We're going to go through these topics. They are what they are. But last week, we really got a chance to talk to you. You had your questions, and you have the opportunity to do it today. So go to the live chat and YouTube. Ken will browse around in there. Hashtag Collider Live on Twitter. And also go to the Collider Jedi Council Facebook group Leave your questions there, and that's where we'll get a majority of the topics today as we approach Star Wars Celebration. That's right. That's where we're approaching. That's when all the big news is going to start to happen, and we're aware of it. Let's get to the first story of what's happening in the world of movie news, Kenneth. Well, uh, there, Christianeth, uh, I can confirm <laughs> finally. Well, I can't confirm nothing, uh, but we have finally received confirmation. That uh, the Boba Fett standalone movie, yeah, that's that definitely not happening. I mean, uh, well, we've heard this song play on the radio before, but this finally came about because journalist Eric Weber was at a uh, Black Panther Ryan Coogler press event, and Kathleen Kennedy uh, hosted it. And as she was leaving, uh, Eric got to ask a few questions, and, and uh, she said Boba Fett is 100% 
dead. So, hey, yeah, that sounds familiar. <laughs> we knew it was going to happen months ago. We knew it was dead yeah. from the second the report came out. I, um, yeah. yeah. I also feel like I had was there were there people that were really like oh man i want to see a boba fett movie i think there were some but i think that the majority of people yeah. were on the same where you're coming from yeah. i'm on that page totally yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean i i think when it was first announced that it was even maybe gonna be a thing the only moment of hesitation that i had was that boba fett is definitely a character who is cool looking and sold toys which is very much what darth maul was for phantom menace and then i really liked where darth maul's storyline went when they brought him back so i thought i don't know maybe it could add something interesting but well i think what they could have done with it is the thing that i was always interested if they were going to do it at all which yeah. i really wanted what i thought would be cool is where he ran was inside of the um the criminal underworld sure right? i think sure. that if they would have went to an origin story that would have been a huge mistake agreed but, but going into the underworld the other bounty hunters and things of that nature and maybe never even showing his face could have been interesting but i also think with the creation and really development of the mandalorian yeah. that there's really no need to do it and i also think they probably got really cold feet once solo didn't do very well because again solo coming from people on this table i thought it was fine ken really enjoyed it i don't know how where you stand i, I mostly liked it fine <laughs> and that's that's my point but it's it's one of those movies that wasn't like oh that was terrible right no it wasn't rocky five and and <laughs> the point is that like so that's not what sunk it it was the lack of interest yeah. because people were saying why are you doing that why are you doing that so what they think is well no one wants to see any more standalone movies which over one movie would have crushed yeah mm -hmm. would have crushed but they're pulling back on it and they're going to take their shot and they're going to go into these benioff and weiss movies they're going to focus in on the mandalorian they're going to focus in on whatever the hell ryan johnson's doing and that's really where they're going to focus on and i think that that might be the move right now i still would like to see an obi-wan movie but i understand the game plan sure ken mm -hmm. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. The game plan, uh, you know, it's, it should be changing. I have no problem with them always evolving what they're planning on doing and taking a look around whether or not, you know, yeah, I love Solo. Some people didn't, didn't matter. You know, uh, that's what you should do when you're running a business. We know it was seconds away. I'm joking, but second, it was almost announced in 2015 with Josh Trank. They were ready. Oh, yeah. Uh, we were in the audience at that panel when it was like the scuttlebutt of, oh, Trank is sick. Right. He hurt his knee sliding into second base, and it was right. like, okay. Um, it does sound like a baseball player. <laughs> Trank's batting 275. Josh Trank. Yeah. His exit velocity is great. Um, so, uh, <laughs> that was a great joke. <laughs> that was really good. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Uh, be paired in Phoenix in January with Mark Ellis. <laughs> Actually, I will be. Details to come. Um, <laughs> But the Mandalorian series, without a doubt, I think this is, you could almost call this the Boba Fett series. It does not mean that I think Boba Fett is even in it or is the Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of it is, I think Favreau has an interest in that. Yeah. And, and that's, that's where the, they're focusing that kind of story. Now. Well, they can cover all this stuff, too. They can cover the cool stuff. Yeah. Like, there was that, that series that they were supposed to do, the television series, right, right. before Disney bought Lucasfilm that was going to be what Star Wars was. And Ronald uh, Moore was going to be yeah. involved in mm -hmm. it. And uh, and it was essentially going to be the Battlestar Galactica uh, sure. for of, you know, for Star Wars, and I think that you combine all that stuff, you get the development. The other thing too, do not be surprised that there's mentions or even cameos by classic characters inside of this thing from where it lands, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that yeah. all this stuff combines now whether or not it's actually seeing Boba Fett, learning about where he was, but essentially like what you're talking about. 
not even showing him, mm. but what he was going to do, what the, the criminal underworld, working for, for huts, working for gangsters, the things that make Boba Fett interesting, yeah. that can still happen in The Mandalorian. Yeah. So it makes sense. So like, we can just do that in the television well, series. Because ultimately, it, it, what's interesting about it isn't Boba Fett. It's the world right. that he dwells within. And as you say, you don't actually need Boba Fett at all to do that. So You don't. So I think that – and I don't think that there's a lot of – the one thing that, like you said in the beginning of this conversation, even if there were people who did want the movie, I haven't seen a lot of people go, no, this should have happened. When, when Obi-Wan was kind of like ignored, people were like, why aren't they doing this? Why is Obi-Wan, why is it not happening? And there were certainly a lot of people who were just like, it's okay, let's focus on something new. But there were more people asking for that than there were for this. And I, I actually have a little bit of a question here because I also really would like to see an Obi-Wan film specifically with Ewan McGregor yeah. as Obi-Wan. And I, and I believe, quite honestly, that the reason people are so jazzed about that, well, were so jazzed about that hopefully maybe being a thing, is specifically because of the actor. You know what I mean? Well, absolutely. So, he, hey, yeah. tie, it, well, that ties in. What he's able to do, that would tie in the prequels. Right. And the original trilogy because of the character alone mm-hmm. and where he is in the storyline where we believe it was going. Um, but, yeah, it would be great to see him come back. And I think that you're absolutely right. It's, it, it has to do with Ewan McGregor wanting to do it. But the thing is, this is the difference with that movie. Ewan McGregor could still play Obi-Wan in 10 or 15 years from now. If, because he's, what, mm-hmm. 46 years old yeah. or whatever he is? I mean, how old was Alec if Guinness even. when he did? When he did uh, Guinness was like 63 or 64. Yeah, he was not. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. you could do it. Mark I mean, Hamill was older than him in The Last Jedi. Last Jedi. Yeah, so, exactly. Weird. He could play. That's, I, that's also one of the not. You don't have to rush. You could do the Obi-Wan movie whenever. I mean, I would like to see it next. But it's if people really want it down the line and they have the means to do it. Or if you can get him for Look what they're doing with Marvel. Now you have what is it the Falcon and oh yeah oh, and Winter Soldier, Soldier series. series yeah you've got the Loki series mm-hmm. you've got the the, the uh, Scarlet Witch and they're what ten episodes or whatever mini series mm-hmm. hey man let's do that with Obi Wan I'm cool let's get you and McGregor lock them down yeah let's I definitely wouldn't hate that totally be fine with that right. totally be fine with <laughs> yeah that. I mean I think it's going to depend on the success of the Mandalorian as well yeah. absolutely. So, all right, what's next, if anything? Uh, next, if anything, nothing. Show's over. See it. you, Don Cuckoo's <laughs> kids. Yeah. Chips and salsa on me. Um, uh, this is, my, I mean, it's not much of a story, but it's interesting because also marks just an anniversary. This week was the six-year anniversary of the sale, the final mm. sale, uh, paper signed, uh, $4.05 billion Lucasfilm to Disney. Six, I remember right where it was. I was at my day job, so I've texted you. We were going on schmoes that night. Matt Mercer was the guest. We yes. had to change the topic to talk That's about right. Lucasfilm yeah. and everything. Um, since then, that $4 billion sale, they've turned that profit in less than six years. So, you know, hey, good good move. Well, good. Yeah. Smart investment, Disney. What good a job. steal. What a steal at $4 billion. Yeah, you know, you know, what a steal it yeah. was because of the plan. Look, the plan that they did because you look at it, too. Even if they don't do the movies once a year like they said mm-hmm. they were going to, they already did and they already made it back. Because, like, take Solo out of the equation. All, I believe all the movies are, have come close to a billion, if not hit a billion. So they already did that, and that's, that's four of them. So right. Last Jedi? Close to it, right? Yeah. Force Awakens definitely did. Yeah. Rogue, Rogue, Rogue One, One did it. Big money. Uh, and then, so that's, there's, there's only three of them? What am I missing? I'm missing yeah, something. And then Solo. Yeah, solo. And then Solo. So, okay. Yeah. So, so four, four adventures. <laughs> right. So, so three out of the four yeah. hit. Plus all the, 
and we we, were, we did that whole report last week and showed the books have made a lot of money. The, well, yeah, yeah. the mm-hmm. games have made money. The comics have made money. So the the merchandise has already you know yeah. made a lot of money. So they're they made it was it was a great investment and they did and they're going to continue to to make money off of that investment. So yeah. But I remember actually I was working. Mark and I were doing a show and weekly with Machinima at the time. Oh yeah, mm. I remember that. Yeah, and we did. And I had gotten I don't know how where I got the news, but I remember I was driving. I call Ellis up and I go, "Whatever you're doing, stop." I'm coming yeah. to your place. I'm turning around. I'm not going yeah. home. We got to do a video. And you can still see the video on Schmoes. And it was just like we announced that it was coming. There's yeah. new movies coming. Yeah. And we turned around, shot the video, and, and, that, and the rest was history. Yeah. yeah. Where were you at? Uh, I actually, I, I was, I, I'm trying to think. I think that I was. in L.A.? I was in L.A. Okay. Yep, I was definitely in L.A. But I'm trying to think if it was when. I was on fun employment or if I was still at the day job that I hated. <laughs> ah. um, but the, the biggest thing I remember about it is that a girl who I knew from the improv community from taking classes and stuff down at UCB, she worked in business development at mm. Disney. And mm. there was a period of time where we just never saw Megan for, you know, <laughs> six eight months or something and, oh, wow. and she basically once this was announced was like hey remember when uh, nobody saw me for all that time it's because I go. was working on this right and, and, and yeah and of course lips are sealed oh, oh yeah that person that leaks that oh out. yeah the one that had to put like the paper in front of George Lucas with the little sign me stickers yeah signing. absolutely mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, they, there were like little gold stars oh, next yeah, to all stars. the places that he needed to and sign. still gave every bit away to charity. All that George. <laughs> it's so funny, though, when people always ask, like, what concert would you go to? If you can go back in time, which concert would you go to? I want to be at that dinner with Iger right. and Lucas. I want to be at that dinner and listen to that. Because he, cause if you read uh, How Star Wars Conquered the Universe. Uh, galaxy. Universe. Yes, you're right. You had it right. I'm po- I apologize. Uh, sorry. Mm-hmm. Don't worry. Your coffee's almost done. Yeah, that's it is. Right. So we were we were sitting we were sitting together. Uh, we were sitting together. But yeah. I, but reading that about right. how they sat together and the yeah. things we said, initially, Iger made the pitch and Lucas it threw him off. Yeah, and he had to go think about it and he yeah. came back because he always wanted Star Wars to go to Disney. It was always originally. Yeah, that was I just, mean, oh, yeah, Captain E, uh, Captain EO, uh, that era, and then uh, Star well, he Tours. He took it to yeah. Disney before he took it to Fox. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And so there was. He always wanted that. The, the book is fascinating, by the way. If you haven't, if you haven't read it, Star Wars. Oh, I can't no. recommend that book enough. Yeah. Yeah. Have you our friend Chris Taylor? Mm-hmm. Oh, our friend yeah. Chris Taylor. I love it. I absolutely would love you it because love I it. like all that sort mm-hmm. of history stuff. It's, well, it's 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 how he came up with the idea. It's yeah. The car crash that he was involved yeah. in. Like, and and that's the thing is is you know it, it's like. Me and the Beatles. It's like you've read every bi- autobiography Ugh. and biography there's to read about this band. I can't watch enough documentaries yeah. on the Beatles. Yeah, though, and, it's so. like, and then then you with Star Wars, we all you watch and everyone knows. And then Chris Taylor finds some things that are new yeah. and different pieces. That's gonna together. that's gonna and be my. I want to see Thanksgiving week. You but. should absolutely get. Oh, it. I'm you going would, to read you it. Love yeah. it. I can't wait to talk to you about it. I want yeah. you to do. But the other thing is, I want him to do a follow up book now. Oh, I every time oh, I yeah. see Chris, I run into him at premieres. Uh, it's weird. He's one of those. Ma- you ever at conventions? You have someone that you're kind of magnetized to, and you don't even yeah. know. Yeah. Elevator opens up. Chris and Taylor's there, there. I'm like, Chris, I, I, I want the follow up. He's the got Disney it. Era. Well, especially now, yeah. he's. I want to. Yeah, right. The Disney era yeah. alone, like the deal itself. What was going on in Lucasfilm during yeah. the stuff? What's the relationship with Lucas? And, and we'll get the Lucasfilm. true story about that door and Harrison's ankle. Everything. You know that he because he really got in there and learned. He learned so much. Chris yeah. Taylor, you cannot sing his praises enough for yeah. that book. Uh, Go. 
and check out that book, Follow Future Boy, right? At Future, Future Boy. Boy. At Future Boy. Tell yeah. them uh, Jedi Council sent you. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, what's uh, what's next? Hey, update to the story we were talking about last week. Uh, you know, I wouldn't call this a surprise, but it's always good to hear John Williams. Remember, he had to pull out a concert. He wasn't feeling good. There's old Johnny Williams. Yeah. Uh, and he is uh, back on the mend, and uh, our hearts... Well, can stop pitter-pattering. It's going to be uh, okay for now. But, you know, he's still going strong. Uh, All of, what, 86 now? 86. 86. 86. He's almost 80. Uh, And uh, an update to a story that I shared Mm -hmm. last time I was on Collider Jedi Council about my friend's son uh, wanting to go as John Williams for Halloween. I can confirm that he absolutely did. Amazing. Uh, How old? uh, He's four. That's crazy. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah, your pictures. Yeah. Oh, I, uh, yeah. I have like a prototype picture, but okay. she promised to send me pictures today, which I will uh, tweet out later That's... so you guys can see. Uh, because even the the work in progress was pretty adorable. That's really great. Did he have the the have the whole? Yep. He had a, he had a oh, baton and an so Oscar. Good. And, so good. Yeah. I love it. Um, great. Yeah. I am happy to yeah. hear. This is the same thing we said last week. You know, you're gonna do. You, the only person that can tell John Williams what to do is John Williams, right? Yeah. So it's like. If he can continue to do it and he's going to be healthy and he's going to continue to keep composing, great. Um, I want him to just be healthy. So mm-hmm. if he's healthy doing his work and he's able to not rush himself and he's able to not overwork himself because it takes a lot out of you. when you I, yeah. Look, I am a lot younger than John Williams, and when we do one Schmodown event by the end of it, <laughs> I am exhausted. I can only imagine what he goes through and the stuff that he has to do. It's like a fraction. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, um, yeah, I, I would love to see uh, him just live to 150 years old, <laughs> composing Star Wars movies to the end of time. But, um, you know, if you are a DC fan, I know there's a lot of you out there, you'll definitely want to check out the latest live action series, Titans. It's available now on DC Universe. Series premiered on October 12th and new episodes available to stream every Friday. It's the first original series to launch on DC Universe. Follows a group of young, soon-to-be superheroes. Dick Grayson, Robin. Rachel Roth is Raven. Corey Anders is Starfire. And Gar Logan, a.k.a. Beast Boy. The group gets caught up in a conspiracy to bring about hell on Earth. They become a surrogate family and a team of heroes. It's a gritty take on the Teen Titans franchise. From executive producers, Akiva Goldsman, Jeff Johns, Greg Berlanti, Greg Walker, Sarah Schechter, John Fawcett, Titans explores one of the most popular comic book teams ever. Available only on DC Universe on all your favorite devices, and it's only $7.99 a month or 20% off a yearly membership. Join the ultimate DC membership at dcuniverse.com. Let's see what yeah. happens. That's a press. That's yeah. a press. Is that it? Is everything? That's it for the main news. I can start going through some questions before we get to canon. You make yeah, the call. Go ahead. Go do that. All right. All right. Uh, this one, going back to the Mandalorian, I think this is interesting because uh, I understand where he's coming from. Steve, uh, Steve Folks uh, at My Ghost World says, uh, hey, Ken, a question for later. Well, later is now. <laughs> it's never been said that the Mandalorian is about a bounty hunter per se. What if the Mandalorian character isn't really a bounty hunter but has some other gig? And I, I bring this up because... It, because of the connection to Boba Fett, yeah. because our obsession yeah. with the criminal underworld, some people's obsession, yeah, uh, which I, I have, um, we naturally go that way. But there could be something else at play. I yeah. think he's 100% right. I don't think he's going to be a bounty hunter at all. Yeah. It, it doesn't, otherwise, it would have said in that synopsis that, that Favreau tweeted out. I think he, he says he's a lone gunslinger or whatever, too. Mm-hmm. So that, that means that he could have, maybe he doesn't want to yeah. be, a, maybe there's something else. Maybe he rogue. was a bounty hunter and he got whatever. involved in some bad stuff and mm-hmm. he now is like living this other sort of vigilante life. Lifestyle. Yeah. yeah, I see him as being almost more of 
like a like a Batman character of like a Ooh. sort of vigilante justice. That's sort of the way that I see it. I'd be interested in that. It really runs up against uh, Cobb Vance in the same time period, same kind of area. Assuming the, that some of that stuff's on Tatooine, but I would like to see that dealt with. Yeah. Like if the Mandalorian isn't Cobb Vance, will Cobb Vance be in it? I don't think all of it will be that connected, but but. Um, that's something that comes to mind. And, and, and in, the, in the Facebook group, the Jedi Council Facebook group, uh, one of the admins, Lauren Romo, has asked, uh, could the Mandalorian be an ex-imperial? And I kind of like that idea, too. We I got, don't hate that. We got well, Singer from the aftermath, an ex-imperial. I was going to say, and, and also, like, timeline-wise, that would make total sense that they could be ex-imperial because you think about the imperial occupation on Mandalore, and also mm. they had the, uh, the Imperial Academy at Sundari, so yeah. absolutely could be. Mm. Yeah, I... Mm. I I think we'll see ex-imperials and things of that nature because I think that's the stuff that really worked in Aftermath and other books yeah, yeah. too. I don't think that the Mandalorian per se will be him. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't think it'll be him. I, I, I like to see the fact that he he's just this lone <laughs> gunslinger from Mandalore yeah. doing his thing, getting involved. Almost like the Incredible Hulk in the TV series would get involved in these just kind of wandering through the galaxy getting yeah, through these missions. Well, and I think that, that that also frames it in such a nice way to really be able to explore a lot of different aspects mm-hmm. of Star Wars. As you say, to go to lots of different planets and, right. and go to the course on underground and things yeah, like that. Yeah, because we also want to root for the guy too, right? Mm-hmm. So there's, but we're, we're also in a time with television where you don't always have to root for the ultra good guy. Yes. Right? I mean, there are the same, I mean, you look at daredevil. He, he's got some, some demons, but for the most part, he's a good guy, but you got the punisher. Mm-hmm. You look at the punisher. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, there's, you go even darker. You go back to Walter White, you know, you go yeah. there. Are, you can root for bad guys, even though mm-hmm. you don't necessarily want to, but there's something about them that makes them, you relate to them. I don't think he's going to be a bad guy, no. but I think that he'll have, I, I, I actually like the anti-hero element of it all, which could probably be where they're going to lean with it, but he'll also be introduced to people who are really good, and he'll be introduced to people that will really like that are the good guys, and they will meet the ultra villains. That's the thing we're not talking about yet. Right. Star Wars is really known, and, or you really respond to the big bads. Who are the bad guys? Yeah. Who's the bad guy in The Mandalorian? Right. Who's the bad guy going to be? You know, I, right, that, right. That's to me, because even in the books, Vidian, you know, you uh-huh. look at like a lot of the, the even the, the, that, who was the, the villain in the solo book, which I thought was, was really good too, you know? Uh, the, yeah, last Shot. The last Shot, the, yeah. the, the Daniel Jose Oldest uh, great book. Uh, yeah, the, the, the you know, droid. The you droid see what I'm right. saying, but there's, there's, there's all the, or the guy who <laughs> controlled the droids. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. And that, there's, there's so much that, uh, that they do with these villains that I'm very curious of what kind of iconic villain they could create. And I also want to see story, story uh, group wise. Mm. We haven't really heard from Pablo Hidalgo and, and those guys. You would just assume that they're going to be involved, but I don't know anymore if you can just assume. But I would like to see the reason I asked that can we then get more characters like Sinjir, like you mentioned, because mm-hmm. he's around mm-hmm. in that time? Do we see those events? I would love for them to tie in an event that happens in Aftermath some way or another, right? Like right. They, they tie an event in and you just see our band rebels and you mention. Uh, Snap Wexley yeah, yeah. inside of that because he's part of the Aftermath trilogy, right? Yeah. So, like, what's going on at that point? And it's, I know it's afterwards. To, you know, it's, yeah, how yeah, much afterwards? Uh, Five years? You know, it's, it always uh, confuses me, to be honest with you, mm-hmm. timeline, because sometimes they'll be like, it's five years after the start of the Galactic Civil War, so that's 
two years after yeah. Jedi. Well, I was going to say, in the way you know, that they count years yeah, yeah. in Star Wars is uh, kind of if, you, if you're not as well. studying for a trivia contest, <laughs> it, it sometimes right. slips through my brain. So it's around, I think, two years after the end of Jedi, which okay. which butts it up right against a lot of that aftermath stuff. Um, which so that's why some of those characters, even even uh, you know, if it's before the Battle of Jakku, I don't think it would be. But you know, Mister Bones and all those kind of characters mm-hmm. mentions would be okay. Yeah, I want to get an interview with Filoni before he does the before the series. The, before yeah, really it's like, yeah, it's like Filoni. Uh, yeah. Filoni has a handle on stuff, you know. Yeah. But it's like, how much does Filoni care about the rest of the canon? That's always you know, yeah. it's always his. His world and and does he does he sit and read the books? I don't know. Yeah. I don't think he does. <laughs> no, I don't think no. he. I, yeah. That cowboy hat takes a lot to get on. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anything else do you think? No. Or, yeah. I, I feel like we covered that pretty okay. well. Mm-hmm. So you got, what's next? This question here we uh, we've talked about it before, but I'm going to bring it up here now because sure. some of the stuff we're talking about with the Boba Fett movie, the standalone. We know in this business, release dates and all that kind of stuff are important. Uh, we are racing towards 2019, and we haven't heard yet. So Diego Higueros asks, do you think 2020 could be the first year since 2015, or actually 2014, they will not see a new Star Wars film? Hmm. It is getting to the point. Yeah. Ryan Johnson's doing his horror movie, Instagramming those photos. Dan and Dave are wrapping up Game of Thrones, getting ready to launch season eight. The shooting's done, but they're in editing post-production. What do you think? It depends on the Mandalorian. It, as far as film goes, very well could not see one in 2020. But it really depends on the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. I don't want them to do the one thing. I think would be a mistake if they, they. I would like to see them do with Mandalorian what they did with Rebels, and that mm-hmm. is, if it debuts in October of you know 2019, then it's got to debut in October 2020. Mm-hmm. I don't like this Game of Thrones thing that they do sometimes. It's like ah, a well, year and a half. Skip two, this year, right? It's like two <laughs> yeah. years. Oh, you know what? The next season's doing. No, no, stick to your October date because then I don't care if I don't have a movie. If if the Mandalorian yeah. season one is so great that my Star Wars is is a ten hour movie mm-hmm. in in 2020, I'm cool. Then what's my next movie in 2021? I'm looking yeah. forward to it. We're gonna have Star Wars every year if they go to that plan, which I think is what they're going to do. So, yes, the answer to that question is I do believe we're not going to have a movie in 2020. I think we're going to have The Mandalorian Season 2 in 2020. Yeah, I think it's definitely possible that 2020 would be the first year that we wouldn't see a Star Wars film. And and as you say, Christian, there's so much other Star Wars content that's coming out. And even even without The Mandalorian, if you really want more Star Wars, it is there. There's the comics and the books and the animated series and the video games. So you can definitely get your Star Wars fix. And I, I think almost it might be a service to the film franchise to take a year off so that people want movies again mm-hmm. because otherwise you run up against I think a little bit of what was going on with Solo in addition to people being like why do we need this movie you're also throwing that movie into an oversaturated market so I think I, I don't know I think I agree with a lot of that mm-hmm. the only difference with it is because with the Solo example that I 100% agree with it but the difference is that they announced the Benioff and Weiss thing that came out in 2020, and it del- and, and episode nine delivers the way that we hope sure. it will, and that's that fever pitch that everybody's back on board, and then 2020 delivers a brand new series of films that connects the universe in a way that Marvel could connect to their universe, sure. right? Then the excitement could be, and it's not oversaturation anymore because it's it feels like a connectivity. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but but I agree with you in where it's like if you don't have the full fledged plan and you don't know what's happening. 
take a break. Mm-hmm. Go with your series that's out there. I think that people are going to want to, because not everybody likes, I, I love reading the comics and the books, <laughs> but not everybody likes to read everything. People want to watch, you know? So I think that either give me the series, the live action series every year, which I think they're going to do, or give me a movie once a year. I think people will be fine with two years, but I'm not. Ken, yeah, no, I, I uh, look. I think Chancellor, if you're watching this show now, you are uh, excited at uh, generally any new Star Wars thing coming across, whether or not it ends up living your expectations or not. You're not just a casual fan if you're watching a Star Wars show, right? So I, I understand where Em's coming from. I'm, I'm kind of like there too. Like, even in, uh, you know, I'm greatly anticipating that Padme book oh or the Master God, and the Apprentice so book, yeah. and that is, is it the same as a movie? No, it's not. I, no. I get that. Um, but it's still new Star Wars, and right. so that's why I would personally not feel as much the loss of a movie in 2020. I would want one. I want one, right. but I think I I think unless they're doing something that we're not aware of, which you know that Moss Eisley script, if you believe some of the stories, was really far down the line. I heard a lot about that. Yeah. actually, recently. Yeah. yeah. So um, you know, not that they're going to be like yoink surprise, Blue Harvest is actually Return of the Mandalorian. Right. Um, but you know, it's 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 more likely that we won't see one. So, but I'll be I'll be okay with it with everything that's being presented yeah. to us. All right, well, uh, let's go to Canon real quick. So, we're going to switch on over to a segment that we mm-hmm. simply call Cody hit the music. <laughs> What's the deal with Canon? Uh, Canon stuff that connects the, what Ken is talking about: books and <laughs> comics and video games and things of that nature to the actual films themselves. Anything going on? I know we've got Grievous running around doing some Grievous stuff. Grievous is running around. First, I want to highlight this. Uh, I actually ordered this book, and I think it is on my porch what waiting is- for me when oh. I get home. It is Amy Ratcliffe's uh, book, Women of the Galaxy. Um, and uh, that includes, uh, well, look, Bazine Natel's in it. We got, uh, Bazine Natel is awesome. Yeah, 70, uh, more than 70 characters in the book. Uh, really looking forward to uh, reading her uh, stuff on Ray Sloan. I heard it's really good. Who's the little murder bear on the That's, right? Uh, what's that, Princess Kinesa? Oh, okay. The Ewok? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, who was in Forces of Destiny, but also, okay. I think, back in the Ewok Adventure cartoon days. Yes. Right. Um, so this is coming out. A lot of people uh, already have this book, so it's really good. Um, uh, I, like I said, just ordered it a little late. Uh, and it is uh, some great art uh, from 18 uh, uh, women illustrators uh, and an ex- explanation of the character's history. Uh, and, and Amy really loves Star Wars. Uh, uh, I, you know, I, I don't know Amy personally, but we've all, we're always around events. She's moderating panels. Mm-hmm. She's just such a wonderful Star Wars fan. I don't know if you've... You yeah, know, I've met Amy a number yeah. of times. Yeah, she's great. I'm, I'm really, really excited to read this book. And, yeah. and, and the fact that there is this I, this shift in focus, I feel like, recently to really include women in Star Wars fandom and really highlight how important women are to the galaxy in Star Wars, which was always, you know, George Lucas's intention. I mean, he he said very specifically that, you know, the rebellion was Leia's story. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and all of these other great women have contributed in so many ways. So. I think it's a very important book also for young girls. Yeah, I, that's that's, I think, what I come back to is that if this book had existed when I was a kid, I, I would have read it cover to cover yeah. m- multiple times over I, and my, my daughter reads like 
it's nobody's business. Like I have, mm-hmm. to, I, it's it's a great problem to have. But my wife and I have to constantly say, "Stop reading," <laughs> and, and get dressed. Like mm-hmm. it's a great problem to have, but it, it happens every day. Put the book down, which yeah. you don't say often in houses. Nobody's phones or I yeah. said, "Put the book down." She will read this book a hundred times over yeah. if I get yeah. it for her, and she'll learn all the characters in and out, and she'll realize that you know Star Wars is for everyone. Yeah, and that's that that it's an important thing. And you know, you get people, and I'm sure there's some people now being idiots in the mm-hmm. thing about. Uh, SJW, that's all it is. No, it's not. It's character, the characters fit inside of it, too. Now, there are times that sometimes there are things that happen in society in general to where there's something that's being said, and everyone goes, well, that's what's being said, so we have to make sure we do that also. This that's is not, not the case that's for not this. That's not the case with this Star is not Wars. The case yeah. now, Star Wars, sometimes it happens, but it's not the case with this no. book. This book is important. This book is something that... Oh, now I'm not, I don't know about the murder bear, but the two characters here—I <laughs> don't know the character well enough, so I can't talk on it. But yeah, but the two characters here are very, very strong characters. Now you might just know Zine from the scene briefly in Force Awakens, but if you read her short story, she is a badass, mm-hmm. and I one of my favorite characters in the new canon. So to learn about her, to learn a bit more about Ray, I think is a, it's, it's a good thing, and it's definitely something that I'm going to show my daughter. Yeah. All right, what's next? A little bit of video game update. You teased it up top here. It's uh, a couple things. You know, we, we don't go too far in the video games here, but Star Wars uh, Jedi Fallen Order potentially could be released by late 2019. And then, of course, General Grievous uh, this week is part of the for a new round of updates. A lot of Clone Wars and prequel era stuff coming in, including Dooku. Uh, uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin, but Grievous is the first through the breach here. Uh, I have not had a chance to play it because well, I am... this is your weekend. Uh, no, because I'm currently hunting bears and oh. taking baths <laughs> on Red Dead Redemption 2. Oh. Uh, you know, triangle to scrub your head. Oh. Uh, so I haven't had a chance to... Do you to love the game? Uh, Red Dead Redemption right 2 is uh, it's a problem for me, yeah. Is that good? It's... Yeah, I mean, I love the first one. If you love it, it, it it's yes, uh, yes, it's <laughs> yes. it's a problem. Okay, good. It's a um, problem. <laughs> well, that's that's the real reason you didn't go out last night. Uh, no, I could not play. No, no, because you, you were watching. I, I was watching, watching that. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah, I wanted to be home and playing the game. I understand. <laughs> uh, Emma, yes. so is Grievous being around. First of all, Battlefront. I, for me, I played for the story. I think it's cool they offer this type yeah. of stuff, but it doesn't I, excite me. I'm more interested in story-driven video games. Yeah. So again, it's like I I enjoy. You know, Battlefront, but I, I'm with you. I'm, I'm more into. I'm not so much into getting on the internet and having big battle royales. Yeah, you people. are more the drive the narrative. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I like, I like a good narrative in my video games. Yes. Uh, so yeah, actually, the the um, Jedi Fallen Order game sounds potentially interesting. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah, it does. It does, and I, I think in playing Red Dead Redemption Two and even the first one, a lot of those other games. And I'm not a, a huge gamer. You, you can you can find me on Twitch. It'll play yeah. Fortnite really bad for you, but um, I, I'm not huge. But like when you see something like Red Dead Redemption Two, and, and I know in some of the Night Old Republic games, the, the, the kind of the bigger stuff. Uh, I would love to have Star Wars like that. I yeah. just don't know if it's possible in this new age of canon. It'd be really tough. Because every little line of dialogue, every little thing, you'd have to be like, where can you play? You have this kind right. of but, arena you have well, to stick well, in. You could do the Old Republic because, because the sky's the limit. That's yeah, the, that is still, the place to do it. It still is totally a, yeah. a gray area as of right, right now. Every, mm-hmm. Most stuff about the Old Republic is... Uh, we'll thousands of years yeah, ago. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what happened with the Romans? Uh, make it up. I don't really know. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, I, but, I, but at the same time, like, how thrilling is the idea of there being a really good narrative-driven Star Wars game that is canon. I mean, mm-hmm. oh, what a good Star Wars fix that would be. I'd be craving it. 
Yeah. And craving is insane ounces. So one thing, because you look at back in the day when it was when it was Lucasfilm, was it LucasArts? LucasArts. Lucas Lucas yeah. When that was going on, there was games they were pumping out one or two a year or something mm-hmm. along the lines too. And we haven't we haven't had that. We only had Battlefront one and two, mm-hmm. and a lot of mobile games. Um, yeah, yeah. But we have not had the game yet. They haven't done uh, an RPG. They haven't done this. And when it hits, and I like that they're taking their time because yeah. mm-hmm. they want to put the right one out. Mm-hmm. But I am hungry for one of those. Um, I'm sure my wife is thrilled they haven't come out. <laughs> yeah. But I am. I, I need it. I need that thing in my life badly. I, yeah. And Battlefront 1 and 2 are fine. No more Battlefront. Don't give me Battlefront 3 before you give me one that has a story. Right. That's what I need. And, and I like that they did that for two. But yeah, I, well, and, and look, and Walt Williams, Mitch Dyer wrote that story, and I think did a great job of it. I love the character of Idenverse. Yes, know? I love what's going on, and 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 the, the connections to the comics, to Shattered Empire, all those things, and, and Leia's right. comic, and everything kind of uh, you know aftermath the Battle of Jakku. Like it was, it was really rewarding in that sense. It was short and all that kind of stuff. Yep. But that's not why you bought the ticket for Battlefront in general. Also, the gaming has changed since what. When the first Battlefronts come out, 2004, 2005. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where the, that was, like, mind-blowing. Now right. people expect more, and you should expect more, of, of these worlds that you can climb into. And, and, well, you know. especially back in 2004, 2005, well, 2005 specifically after Revenge of the Sith came out, there were no more movies. And right. so that was it. That's you could true. do whatever you wanted to do, and there was no more narrative to be told anymore, mm-hmm. at least in the, in the films. Mm-hmm. So now... There's, it's still open-ended. There's other things that are going to happen. There are other things that could happen and should happen and won't happen, but you imagine that they could happen, and it, you have to take your time with it. So hmm. that's what hmm. um, I'm excited for. Emma seems to be excited also for it. And you guys, what do you want to see in regards to the video games? What do you hope happens down the line two, three, four, ten years from now in the world of Star Wars video games? All right, Ken, let's move on over. All right. Are you done wanna, with canon? Uh, yeah, yeah. With the Lego Star Wars yeah, All-Stars right. are out. Uh, uh, I don't watch Freemaker, Freemaker Adventures. It's going to be in a similar style, and a lot of that does have a lot of fans there. So um, so a couple questions. Uh, I got a live one, and I want to answer this again for uh, – we get this a lot during the week in, in, in time. Uh, oh, there's the All-Stars. Good job, Adam and Cody. Um, uh, John Egan writes this. I'm a huge fan of Star Wars movies and comics, but I've never read any of the books. What would be the best book to start with? Uh, can you be Legends of Canon? We get this a lot, and we've answered this a lot, but I, I think we can update yeah, it and yeah. give us a chance to talk about those books a lot of people want to hear. Um, I think my personal opinion as far as the one you should start with First, not necessarily because I think it's the best one. Mm-hmm. I still think Lost Stars is the best book. Yeah. Um, same author, but I think Bloodline is the first one to read. That is exactly what yeah. I was going to say because mm-hmm. I, I love Bloodline. And also, if you're really into the current Star Wars films, it it is a time period that very directly affects what's going on. So, yeah. yeah. That's, that's all. What, what I think, Claudia, you agree, and, I, and I've said it, and I'll say it again. I know some people think it's blasphemy. Um, I think Timothy Zahn's two novels that he's done so far are okay. I think Claudia Gray is the new Zahn right now. She is the, she is the queen of Star Wars novels. She is, she is the one to beat um, right now. She's the champ, if you will. Um, and her stuff, what she does so well, especially in Bloodline, Politics in Star Wars, when done well, oh, 
are so good. Yeah, and she does that. She does. She and gets it. Very well. And you learn about what Leia was going through during that time and the reveal, like the dirty politics of revealing yes. uh, of the fact that she's Vader's Daughter. kid and the way that, mm-hmm. that that happens throughout the whole entire – it's is brilliant. And you also the relationship between knowing what's happening with, with Ben Solo at the time, with Luke, that they're still – you know, he's still riding around with, with Luke out in the galaxy. It's a lot of fascinating stuff. So that's the one for sure. Now, I also recommend the Aftermath – Two out of the trilogy, um, because I the, the tricky part about that is that I, I really don't like the first one. I've told Chuck Wenning himself, I just don't like the first book at all. Um, yeah. I think it doesn't feel like Star Wars. I think that it is it's it's written very strangely. Uh, but the reason why you have to read it is because the other two are so good, yeah. and you want to get set up with those characters. The first one's a struggle to get through. I didn't want to read two and three because I didn't like the first one so much, but I read two and three. And also the other thing is they were pushing that one so hard uh, when, when Lost Stars was just sitting on the shelf coming out at the yeah. same time. That's yeah. the one they should have been pushing. However, Aftermath sets up these characters. You learn what happened right after the B- Battle of Endor. Mm-hmm. And then as you get to two and three, it starts to shift into this other stuff that really plays into the history, what's happening in the yeah. future of Star Wars. So I think Chuck Wending actually did a fantastic job in two and three. It's just unfortunately the first one's a struggle to get through. Ken? I always go to Claudia Gray. Uh, I always recommend Lost Stars because I think though it's, you know, YA, which is such a weird label to put on a lot of books, but yeah. some of the best Star Wars books are YA right now. Um, it, it takes you through the events you know takes you through the original trilogy and then puts you in Jakku and it's a sweeping romance story and all that kind of, it's got a lot of great elements of Star Wars. It also, Claudia has this Claudia Gray verse, uh, as, as my friend Joseph Scrimshaw coined uh, that phrase, um, where she's got a lot of connected characters, things, and planets, including Harloff Minor. Um, but I, I, Bloodline, Bloodline's a great place to start and then go to Leia, Princess of Alderaan, but don't read Leia, Princess of Alderaan before you read Bloodline. Because right. there's an emotional connection, this thing at the end that, that, that she does a wonderful job connecting. Yeah. Uh, and in Lost Stars. Lost Stars, there's a scene that you see from Leia's point of view in Leia, Princess of Alderaan that, yeah. that was from Lost Stars. I say go there. Um, I really, I got it. I love the adaptations. Um, Mer Lafferty's solo one was really good, mm-hmm. but Jason Fry's Last Jedi, uh, uh, the the uh, the Rogue One one with, uh, what's his name, Alexander oh. uh, Freed? Freed? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I always say our buddy Andrew. Yeah, yeah. Um, His Alexander Freed, by the way, underrated. Really yeah, but underrated novel in the first Battlefront novel. Not a lot of people have read that's that. That's the book. one I haven't read. I'm yeah, gonna I order. I got to go back. A lot of people read have not read that book, and it's never talked about. And it's why he got Rogue One. Yeah. Uh, to read to mm. write the book. It is. There's a scene in that book, and I've talked about it many times, and I'll talk about it again. Um, it actually it, it similar to what Claudia Gray does is it takes you through events, events that we know. Yeah. Battle of Hoth. Um, yeah. The the scene, you know, when when Vader and the stormtroopers crash. Imperial troops have been in the base. Imperial. Now we don't see Vader in the movie no. up until he, he yeah. they get to the Falcon, yeah. right? Right. Well, he's wrecking shop. And I, he's and Rogue I, One I, in it. Oh no! I feel somebody read his book first and then suggested that Rogue One scene. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm not even kidding. Yeah. Like that, yeah. That's that is mm. essentially what happens to what he does. They're terrified of him, and he yeah. it's it's that scene. I'm sure Alexander Freed when he saw Rogue One was like, "Hey, wait, yeah, give me a dollar." Yeah, <laughs> because it was like. That's, that happens in the book, and it happened like two or three years before Rogue One came out. Yeah. 
It's a great. It's a really. It's a war book. It's I, like I have read the one. I, I'm going to put it on my 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 shelf to read uh, now. I got to get. I really do. I got to because uh, his Rogue One adaptation is phenomenal. Yeah, it's phenomenal. And and if you even kind of liked Rogue One, this you dive in because there's so many things. And I've I've talked about it before here. It, it's a bit of a broken record, but for those, the reveal that Cassian Andor was a separatist, that his oh, yeah. family was separatist, and he was six years old fighting against Jedi, and that's why he didn't trust Sherrod Emway and Baze Malbus. It's like, well, I wish what, I would have stayed in there. What, stay in there. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or, or be added in there. And, yeah. and a lot, of more, lot more stuff with Jyn Erso, which ties yeah. into the book Rebel, Rebel Rising by Beth Revis, which is another great YA book. Well, Catalyst um, is another one, too. Yeah, but that I, was oh, exactly God, what I, I was yeah. going to say. Is if, yeah. if you like Rogue One at all and you have not read Catalyst, again, yeah. I think that the pairing of Catalyst and the Rogue One adaptation, I mean, mm-hmm. it's just, it's like this beautiful... Uh, just like buffet of Star Wars characters yep. and politics, and it's great. It made me. Well, I also James Lucino's Claudia Gray and James Lucino are my two favorite writers. Yeah. James Lucino's Darth Plagueis novel, which is not canon anymore. It's not canon, but I would still suggest yeah, get in you, there. I mean, <laughs> if you just want to read a Star Wars novel, you don't care about the canon stuff. Then I Plagueis and the Darth Bane trilogy are the yeah. are the ones you. Those, that's what you read. And Labyrinth of Evil, which is it was also Cino, right up to the events of Re- Revenge yes. of the Sith. But anyway, that's all. That's all the stuff. Too. Yeah. And, um, we could go on. Star yeah, Wars could. Book Club. It's not, it's not a great. It's not a bad yeah. podcast. No, it's not. It's not a bad podcast. No. All right, what's next? All right, this is we got we got Emma here. So it's a good time to talk some rebels. All okay. right, and Albert Rodriguez. I understand where Albert is coming from uh, at, at a Rods Z two one. He says, "Hey, I tried to get into rebels, but just couldn't get past the first four episodes. Too Nickelodeon for me. At what point does the show get more serious? I really want to get into this, and and I don't think he's. It's not that's not snark. That is something that yeah. I felt. If you go back to watch Jedi Alliance episodes with me and Mon Garrett, we're like. Not for us right well, now. Well, then talk to him. What turns you uh, on? I would say stick with it towards the end of season one. There's, I mean, there's deaths and of no big characters, but some Callus is a pretty mm-hmm. serious character. Yeah. But then by season two, you, you are off and running. The end of season one, yeah. someone returns, yeah. and that leads into season two. Season two is the one. Like, yeah. If you watch season, Albert is a, is a... Albert. Albert. Albert, if you watch the first episode of season two... Mm-hmm. The first two episodes of season two, after you've seen season one, obviously, but if you watch Oof. it and you're not hooked, then you should bail. Yeah, yeah. Then, yeah then that's, and that's fair. Because the first two episodes of season two, when we watch that at Star Wars Celebration, <laughs> I mean, right. that's Star Wars. I mean, that's yeah. like, I wanted that as a movie. I, I like, mean, oh. they, and, and I totally, totally agree with you on the season two thing. I, you're right, Ken. It does start to get more serious towards the end of season one. They reintroduce some characters, and then they just really hit the ground running in season two. Those first two episodes. And it's a it's a villain, but the, you know they kill off a villain from the first season almost mm. right away in a in a sort of unceremonious way, and it's all of a sudden you go, wow, there is some serious stuff that's right. happening in this. Yeah. Uh, and man, the finale of season two is so good. Yeah, some of the best moments. It, is. it, it is. really yeah. is. What, what what what's your favorite season, Emma? My favorite season. Hmm. Uh, I I think my favorite seasons are the odd ones, two and four, because I really Mm. liked where they took things towards the end. Um, I I think that they introduced some really interesting concepts into canon by the end of Mm -hmm. uh, season four, and and some things came back around from season... There was a big question at the end of season two that gets addressed in season four, Mm -hmm. Um, but Mm. you, you can't... You can't deny the uh, um, emotional impact of right. uh, of where season two wraps yeah. up. Um, it's I, I, I don't think you can go wrong with two, three, or four, but yeah. um, 
and Albert and a lot of people out there, the, each season has some ups and downs yeah. and things that aren't as serious and an AP5 singing in space, hello, Stephen Stanton, and all that kind of stuff. But you, what you, season was that? I think that was three. That three. was three. Yeah, that's yeah. not yeah. on my face. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but the, you look at the core, and season three, I just, I've been rewatching season three and the stuff with Sabine Wren, mm-hmm. which gets dark. Right. I, I do mean, really like the stuff with her in season three. But and, and again, yeah. I like the way that they continue to explore that in season four. Yeah, so. absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And then uh, the Twin Suns episode. I mean, World Between Worlds from four is probably my favorite Rebels yeah. episode, which is weird because it is so different and it is so, you know, mortis like and everything, uh, which is great. Um, but that Twin Suns, that's some yeah. that's some deep Star Wars canon there. I would say two, four, one and three for me. And two, and mm. uh Four and one are probably tied. I actually liked one a lot more than most. And mm-hmm. I think that I, I, the only thing with one, the first episode of season one, is you, the animation is completely different. The it's look, very different. Oh, and the Wookiees yeah. look terrible. Uh, but by the end of the season, you're, like that, those last like three or four episodes are yeah. incredible. I think, too, mm-hmm. that it, it's pretty typical of a lot of TV series that sees it. It's very rare for the first episode of a TV show these days to be excellent right I, I think of all of the series that i'm really into right now and a lot of them really like it, it it i found the beginning of season one to be entertaining but i didn't really love it until towards the end well because you really start to find your investment in the character that's exactly through, what it throughout is throughout it and yeah. it's like and so by the time you get to season two you're so locked in with with Ezra mm-hmm. and Kanan that you and and the whole crew that yeah. you're you care so much more each time certain little things happen and that's the, like you said the beauty with every single show yeah. depending on how they do it and how they develop and that's why again I'm so excited for the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, what's next? Well, let's talk about the Mandalorian. Let's uh, have some fun here. Uh, again, some of these things we talk about every now and then, but I love zeroing in on them when we can. Paul Reaper, uh, who last week I think we gave him the nickname the Grim Reaper, right. and then he did tweet out that he's not good at trivia, but he appreciates oh. the name. Uh, he says, if the Mandalorian is well-received, kind of we were talking about this earlier, uh, these type of series seen as the future of the franchise. Um, but he's, ta- he's asking, what would you want to see happen first? Uh, a young Palpatine series about he came to the dark side or a rise to power or the Ahsoka Sabine led series. Uh, I know your answer, but I also want to throw some other ones on the table. What do we yeah. think? Uh, you are going with the Ewoks. Yes. Uh, you know, give me give me a Palpatine Sopranos type story because that's what that's what the, the Darth Plagueis novel was. It was yeah. a, it was a mob, it was a mafia story, and, and you know Lucino even confirmed that it was it was very mobster esque gangsters with the politics and the dirty politics, the the murder behind it. Like it was it was like uh, what's the the, the House of Lies or whatever it is on the House of Cards, House, House of, of Cards. Cards, House of Cards, um, and it was it's like it was that type of stuff. And like I want to see that. I want to see Palpatine. I want to see the the rise. How he because in the book how he was persuaded to join Plagueis and the things that happened. And I mean, Palpatine like murdered his parents. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like all these things that that he had, that he did because Plagueis essentially kind of maneuvered him that that particular way to do it. And I think that they could take stuff from that from that novel and make it an entire series. I think this like this is why I get encouraged by this this 10 arc episode thing they're doing in Marvel. Mm-hmm. Like I really want like Star Wars can take this mm-hmm. and yeah. run yeah. with this. Do limited give me a limited series on Palpatine. Are you kidding me? It's like how do I knock down the doors and say please let's do this. That's yeah. the Ahsoka one and and it's like if it's going to be animated then I'm I'm good with yeah. it. I don't know yet if it's going to if that would work in live action. I, agree, I don't yeah. think I yeah. necessarily am excited about that type of series. I agree, I agree and I love the characters of Ahsoka and Sabine so much but I 
I think that these ideas are shows for different audiences. Um, And that a a, a, a Palpatine, just that type of story sounds more exciting to me as an adult. But I also see the benefit of an Ahsoka and Sabine kind of story. And, and, And I think that by virtue of the way that these characters came into existence, it isn't to say that they couldn't get into some... I mean, the animated series get pretty dark. Let's let's mm-hmm, be real. They mm-hmm. there's plenty of death and destruction yeah. and uh, emotional torment. But I I do think that they need to sort of continue to exist in in a youth friendly sort of situation. Uh, whereas I think that a, a Palpatine series could be a, a real good like HBO kind yeah, of situation. Yeah, I mean, well, they said they could do it for the, the, the streaming series. Yeah, how they do it. But and there's also there's there's different places that things can air. Yeah. Now, the other question that I have. That ties in all this. Let's say that they do another animated series because we already know that the Clone Wars, mm-hmm. the wrap up is going to be on the streaming series, yes. right? So let's say that there's another animated series that they're developing. Are they going to go to Disney or are they going to just put it on this? On the, I mean, well, it's part, still Disney, but are they going to mm-hmm. put it on actual Disney or are they going to put it on the streaming series? Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's a right? good question. Because, yeah. you know, question. could there be more money to, yeah, to, to I, be made? I genuinely don't know because uh, certainly with all of the live action stuff, yeah, that makes total sense that they're going to put it on their own streaming service because why bother putting it on HBO network television? Whatever, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But but with the animated stuff, you do kind of get into this sort of fuzzy area of mm-hmm. a lot of your audience then are kids and are people going to take the time to access to, and, and like setting parental controls or whatnot on the, right. I don't know. Well, I mean, it's the same thing you look, I mean, the argument can be made, look, well, Netflix does it. Yeah, Netflix has true. a ton of kids stuff that, that yeah. works really well. And that's yeah, that's one absolutely the, true. It just makes it a little bit more attractive to the family to say, okay, well, yeah, well, we got my son or my daughter's uh, Star Wars is, is there as well. And but I also too. think that the Star Wars animated series have been some of the most well-received and successful stuff on Definitely. Disney. So that's, I think, where you get into the, where's it going to go? Yeah, it's like, but I, I think, money, yes. Money, money. Yeah. Be, well, because the reason I bring that up, too, because the, the answer to, the question, to this question here is, if they, were able, if they took the Star Wars series off of Disney... Could that channel survive? And the answer is, of course. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Would it benefit putting it on streaming? And the answer is yes. Yeah. So the positive seems to way to put it on the streaming service because mm. it's not like people like, you know, but the, I think you would leave resistance on Disney. You don't, you don't shift that over and lose your audience. It's right, right, right there. Right, right. But if you create new things, a new series, yeah. and you put it on the streaming series. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. All right. What's uh, what's next? Let's do uh, two more. Two more. Okay. Okay. Two more questions. There it means I got to find some uh, some good ones there. Um, we uh, we got some ones talking about the force here. I want to. You want to talk about the force? All right. So Richard yeah. Richard Allen. Uh, just talking to yourself at that point. Huh? I am just right. talking to myself at this point. Uh, Richard Allen says uh, here. Do you think the man? And this is inspired by the show Rule of Two with yep. Mark Riley, Mark yep. Fernandez. Do you think the Mandalorian will be force sensitive? Which means there is there possibilities. Uh, this is wild speculation here uh, that he's a child of Obi Wan. It's a it's a T, and I don't think that's uh, going to happen. Uh, um, uh, Ray is a child of Mandalorian, something like that, and and this leads to can this series not have the Force in it? Now, by this time, Luke is back. Force is something to yeah. talk about, but we know that kind of drifts away by the time the sequel uh, trilogy starts. So the Force and the Mandalorian, what do you think? In the show? Just in 
with starting with the, the question, the do you think the Mandalorian could be force sensitive? I'll tell you that right would now. I would hate that. You'd hate it. Got yeah, it. and Got I don't it. know where the boys stood on that, but I, I, I would hate that if he was force sensitive. Right. I think it makes it a lot more powerful if he's just this anti-hero going through the world that maybe he discovers someone who happens to have the force or mm-hmm. maybe there's people who because the force is out there and whether mm-hmm. or not Luke finds this, this person and makes him part of the academy down the line um, the new academy that's something to be desired as well too there are also maybe some darker people who have found it there's no way that Dave Filoni is involved in a series where there's no force involved some way or another maybe I'm wrong but I think that he, I would assume that point. But I, he's just he, he, he. That's what he loves about Star Wars. You mm-hmm. hear him talk about Dave Filoni. You hear him talk about the Force and the way that he was taught about oh, yeah. the Force. He knows it inside and out. And I think that some way or another it will be. I don't really want to see the Mandalorian himself. Depending on who he is, maybe they just maybe they introduce you similar to what we were just talking about before. That you're so invested in this character down the line that they they explain why. Then I'm okay with yeah. it, but as of right now, if it's just just to do it, I, I kind of don't like it. I totally agree. I, I my inclination is no. I absolutely don't want this character specifically to be force sensitive, unless, as you say, there is some explanation as to why he is. Right. Maybe he doesn't even really understand that he is, and that's something that he discovers about himself as the series goes on. Then it's much more interesting to yeah. me. Um, but I, I mean, in terms of the force being present. Of course it's going to be. And at this point, it's kind of out there in the world that it's a thing. I mean, they, they even, you know, even in some of, like, the Claudia Gray books, like in Bloodline, like, there are characters who specifically say to Leia, like, oh, aren't you, like, do you ever regret that you, like, didn't pursue your right, Jedi training, right. essentially? So people know that it exists. So, And I, I think that in of itself is something that's going to be interesting to see because yeah. we've mostly been dealing with, you know, prequel era there's there's a Jedi Council. Right. Everybody knows about the Force. Jedi are at large versus the, um, as you said, even in the sequel series, there, again, it's kind of faded back. So seeing it where people are acknowledging it's that it is around and Luke's putting together this whole academy, yeah, it's going to yeah. be it's gonna be an interesting world. But as far as the character, nah, I don't think so. Ken? I am uh, okay with no Force at all in The Mandalorian. I, you know, am a fan of Solo, and there's not a lot of Force going on in there because I think that is part of the Star Wars galaxy now. The Force, lightsabers, that image, that's definitely a key ingredient of Star Wars. So uh, Filoni, absolutely right, understands that. So you're okay with the character not having it? I'm okay with the character not having it. And I am okay with the Force not at all being in the series. Okay, okay, okay. I'm okay with that at all. I'm okay with it not being in the series at all. I just, I feel like. It is going to well, be to yeah. your point. Uh, yeah, you, you know, Filoni. <laughs> yeah, exactly. uh, we at that Rebels finale event we were at to hear him talk about what he's learned from George and what he's uh, he understands yeah. it, mm-hmm. the concept. What, t- I, what I will say is that I, I I do though want this to be a series that is not at all focused on Jedi. I yeah, just yeah. would like for the Force to be peripherally sure, involved sure. and present. And I would want that as well. Like, yeah. I'm not, like, yeah. anti-Force. <laughs> I'm just like, I don't find myself missing it, but I've talked about... I agree. The funny thing is, I do. I, 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 yeah, I am always... Yeah. I want Rebels versus the Empire. That's, that's my that's Star That's what Wars. you've always yeah, loved yeah, about yeah, Star Wars. Yeah, Star and I'm on the other side of it yeah. with the Force thing, too. And I think that there's been a lack of it in, mm-hmm. in, in new Star Wars, for sure. Like, if you look at yeah, yeah. Rogue One, yeah. You, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, like Rogue I don't know. Because I'm more of a, a, a Rebels versus the Empire kind of person, too. But I do, I do, I do like a little Force in yeah, there. It's, 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 it's so Rogue, Rogue One, you, you, had, you had Vader. Right, mm-hmm. and then you kind of there was the tease with the with uh, Jin's mother. Jin's right? mother, yeah, yeah. 
but for the most part, no force. Uh, the Last Jedi, it was there with the force Skype and, and with, uh, with, with the scenes and stuff with the, the lightsabers. There, there, it, was, it was there. And I, essentially it was about Luke refining the force. But for the most part, it was, it was almost like the force was like this dirty child that no one wanted to talk about. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and in the Force Awakens, it certainly was there. Yeah. Uh, but I just feel like it's, it's – I, I just – and this is a lot of Star Wars fans too. I think that when – after – after Return of the Jedi and the way that it was set up, that I think a lot of fans thought that it was going to come back to where there's going to be all the Jedi again. There's going to be all that training happening. There's going to be so much of the Force and lightsabers, and we didn't get that. I'm not saying it was right or wrong, but I just mean that that's, that is something that I think that has let some fans to go, yeah. well, man, I want more of that. And I think that Mandalorian doesn't have to be that platform where it is, but I don't want it to be ignored. And Rebels certainly did not ignore the Force. It mm-hmm. embraced right. the Force. And I think that was some of the best stuff in Rebels. Yeah. And I think that they should have a couple episodes to where they find some people that, that do know the Force. And what's Luke doing? And can they, are they going to try to even attempt to bring in Luke somewhere? Are they going to mm-hmm. use, if they do bring in Luke, if they did, would they do Mark Hamill and have the de-aging stuff that they do for uh, because it's going to be the most most expensive right. thing that they that they've done any series and they it worked with Michael Douglas so could you and, and Downey they almost got it with in um, Civil War mm-hmm. was yeah it? Civil, Civil War, War. <laughs> that was what Flashback was so uh, I think I'd rather see him recast um, if they had Sebastian Stan do it I think that, that it could work uh, but who knows. What do you think? That yeah. I'm I'm Who here knows? for Sebastian Stan. Yeah. That's a great choice. Yeah. So, all right, let's let's move on to the next one. Final one. Yeah. Final, final one. one. Uh, all right, we kind of ended where we started here. David Wilson at David Pockets ninety writes, "Hey, Collider Jedi Council, what do you think of George Lucas directing one last Star Wars film to close out his career? If so, what do you want that film to look like? We we see him keep so, showing on these sets. We know he's close with Filoni. We know uh, you know he's hanging around with Favreau with his spotlight on his phone." Um, if if that comes to pass, or you find out he's doing more writing or something in the series, I think would, fans would be happy at this point, right? Yeah. I am of the opinion that I think I would like to see him maybe direct an episode of yeah. a TV show, That's where I'm at, not necessarily another film. And I think that George Lucas actually would be the perfect person to direct an episode bringing in what we were just discussing, which is what's going on with the Force in this time period. I agree. And I think that his collaboration with Filoni, they work very well together. I think that him directing something that he didn't write, that Mm -hmm. he certainly has a he, he'll have his notes and mm-hmm. where that should go and, and very similar to Emma was saying with the force and, and whatever it might be, right? Yeah. right? Let him do that kind of stuff and direct one episode. I think it'll be very special for the fans and it'll be a big PR thing too. Yeah. Episode 7 directed by George Lucas. Everybody tunes into it. A movie, a movie's tricky. A movie's yeah. tough and especially the way that it's combining. I, again, I know that it's just the I think that the Mandalorian is going to change Star Wars it's going to change. People are going to be conflicted. They're going to be like, you know, I actually think I like the TV series more than I like the, the movies. But mm-hmm. what do you think? Uh, a TV show would be good. I don't think he'll ever do a film. No. He's no lost interest in that. I don't think, uh, you know, I can't speak for him, obviously, but I just think uh, <laughs> a TV would be a good place. You mean to you, do you can't look directly into the brain of George Lucas and speak exactly the words I that can't. he was going to say? I, I bumped into him at the Grove one time. It's the most I've ever communicated with him. So, yes. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, that's it, everybody. Yeah. That's that's our thoughts on the situation. Let's start with: Will George Lucas 
ever direct another episode? Would you want to see him direct an episode of The Mandalorian? Um, go ahead and, and comment. Tell us what you think. Make sure that you follow the Collider Jedi Council Facebook group going over there. Hashtag Collider Jedi Council. Get your questions on for next week. I'm really enjoying actually taking these questions from you guys. I think that it's, it adds to a little bit more of exciting Star Wars topics and even the news, dude, to be completely honest with you. But... Again, what do you think about it? I'd like to talk to or not talk to. I already talked to them for an hour. I'd like to thank <laughs> our, our council for being with us today. Fife Adias, where can they find you? You can find me all over the internet, wherever Emma Fife's are sold, at my name, <laughs> Emma Fife. And Mr. Ken Napsack, Kylo Ken. Hey, follow me at Ken Napsack. That includes YouTube and Twitch. Watch me uh, try to punch my horse on Red Dead Redemption 2. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, make sure you follow me at Christian Harloff with Twitter and Instagram. Very excited to announce that the Movie Trivia Schmodown website goes live today. It's TriviaSD.com. You want to learn about all the profiles, all the records. You want to get the... Uh, latest matches the rankings or just one big hub where all the matches live so you guys want to learn about live events all of it it's going to be there we have a lot of great writers coming to the site and very excited that william bibiani will be the managing editor of that site um a lot of cool things so again sign up for triviasd.com i don't know if it's live just yet but it will be sign up and you'll get all the latest updates triviasd.com thanks again guys we will see you next week may the force be with you always all right, once again, guys, if you are a DC fan, then you're definitely going to want to check out the latest live-action series, Titans, which is available now on DC Universe. The series premiered on October 12th. The new episode's available to stream every Friday. The first original series to launch on DC Universe, and it follows a group of young, soon-to-be superheroes. Dick Grayson is Robin, Rachel Roth, Raven, Corey Anders, Starfire, Gar Logan is Beast Boy, and the group gets caught up in a conspiracy to bring about hell on Earth. They become a surrogate family and a team of heroes. It's a gritty take on Teen Titans franchise. It's from executive producers Akiva Goldsman, Jeff Johns, Greg Berlanti, Greg Walker, Sarah Schechter, John Fawcett. Titans explores one of the most popular comic book teams ever. It's available only on DC Universe on all your favorite devices, and it's only $7.99 a month or 20% off yearly membership. Join the ultimate DC membership at DCUniverse.com.